Welcome, guys, to our Harvest Valor Men's Podcast. This is Mike Jonker. I'm the campus pastor at Harvest Orange County, where Pastor Greg Laurie is our senior pastor. We started our campus here in Orange County 11 years ago as a Thursday night Bible study with Greg, and it exploded into a church. Pastor Greg was pastoring at Harvest Riverside and has been for 49 years as well. I get asked all the time, how does he do that? How does he pastor and teach at two campuses? And uh, I actually have no idea. No, actually I do. First, I know he's motivated. He has a deep desire for people to hear about Jesus Christ. He loves sharing that message via preaching and teaching. And he also has a lot of like-minded people, maybe some of you, helping, serving, using their God-given gifts. And last, he harnesses technology to not only stream his messages on Sunday to our campuses, but also all over our country and the world. Think about this. When we hold a Harvest Crusade, like we have done in Angel Stadium or Dodger Stadium or AT&T Stadium in Dallas, or like we're doing in April in Boise, we may have 40,000 to 80,000 people in the stadium, but we have 10 times that watching via technology. It's super exciting to know that the message of Jesus is going out and that Harvest continues to be a vibrant church in Riverside, Orange County, oh, and by the way, on Maui at Harvest Kumalani, but also beyond that. We have, basically, we have a Harvest church online. Greg is teaching through the Book of Acts on Sunday morning, and we are piggybacking on that in this podcast, as well as going through Acts in our men's group which you should join because we just started the second part of Acts. So jumping in now is a perfect time. And I'll get back to that at the end of the podcast. Today we are in Acts 13, and it's a long chapter, so let's get started with a question. What do you think the beginning of a revolution or a movement looks like? That's right, a revolution. I know you're thinking, geez, Mike, uh, what's that have to do with me drinking my coffee in the morning or driving to work today? Well, bear with me. The reason I'm asking the question is because I believe we are seeing one in the midst of our study in Acts 13 today. We are seeing the beginning of a revolution. What is a revolution? Well, the dictionary defines a revolution as a rebellion or a revolt, an uprising or a rising, a radical change, a transformation, counterculture, avant-garde, sweeping, progressive. Those are radical definitions. Some revolutions are good and some are bad. Some of the most powerful revolutions in history have been, well, not long ago, the Iranian Revolution of 78-79, when a Western-leaning leader, the Shah of Iran, was ousted by Shiite cleric Ayatollah Khomeini and birthed the Islamic State of Iran. Back in the early 1900s, the Russian and October revolutions, which brought about the, the, the Bolsheviks into power and ultimately the birth of the Soviet Union and communism, was a revolution. Of course, we know about the French Revolution of 1789 when the, the people of France began to revolt against the monarchy with a desire to create liberty and, and equality in their nation where 96% were classed as peasants. It resulted in the monarchy and the whole feudal system being changed. And then, of course, our own American Revolution, which resulted in the independence of the original 13 colonies here in America from rule and the beginning of the United States of America. I think we could say the Civil War was a revolutionary war as it ended the scourge of slavery and changed our nation and the world. And other revolutions on other levels would be the Agriculture Revolution, the Industrial Revolution, the Digital Revolution, which we are living in now. These are all hugely impacting in their own way. 
And over the years, the hope of revolution has been sung about. If you saw the movie, a musical Les Miserables, said in the beginning of the French Revolution, they had a song, Do You Hear the People Sing, uh, which in the movie was played as an anthem of the people. You know, that song, by the way, Do You Hear the People Sing, became a popular anthem during the protest in Hong Kong in 2019 and also in Kiev uh, in the Ukraine in 2014. The song was even taken off streaming services in China. But there are anthems to revolutions. There are, there's anthems tied to the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, Bob Dylan sang songs like Blowing in the Wind and The Times They Are a-Changing in the 60s. And of course, everybody knows the Beatles song, You Say You Want a Revolution. But in Acts 13, we're going to look at the beginning of the greatest revolution of all time. One that not only broadened the truth about God and the true freedom that comes with the message, but also how the message broke down religious barriers, racial barriers, economic barriers, and the ultimate barrier between God and mankind. It started with one man who passed it on, nonviolently, I might add, to another man, and then to another, and to another, until it changed our planet and us, and hopefully and prayerfully will continue to do so. The revolution I'm talking about is the original Jesus revolution that happened over 2,000 years ago. It was announced by a guy named John the Baptist, began by the man, the God-man, Jesus of Nazareth, and lit a flame to the world by a man named Saul of Tarsus, the Apostle Paul. The story we're looking at in Acts is revolutionary, and Paul was taking the torch that Jesus passed to him and telling his generation. Paul revolutionized the world with his teaching and preaching about Jesus Christ. In Acts 12, we see Paul on the island of Cyprus, going from city to city, preaching this message, first to his own people, the Jews, who God had given the law and the prophets that pointed them to the coming Jesus. Paul had experienced a revolution in his own heart, his own life, his own way of looking at things. He had become a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ and had received the Holy Spirit's indwelling in his life and a calling to go and tell others, both his own people and everyone else too. Chapter 13, we find Paul in the city of Antioch. Let's start reading. Acts 13, verse 1. Now in the church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So, here was this crew of guys in Antioch, and while they were ministering and fasting and praying, the Holy Spirit laid it upon their hearts to send Paul and Barnabas out for the work that he wanted them to do. They were going to go on a preaching and teaching tour for Jesus. You know, I love this because this is how God uh, works so often as we serve and pray and focus on the things of God. He lays things on our hearts. You know, we shouldn't just wait for God to like grab us by the hand and lead us right to the place that we serve. We should just start serving, start ministering, and start praying. You know, Henrietta Mears used to say, God can't steer a parked car, so get moving. Start as you are and where you are serving the Lord. If you don't know where, ask someone. Ask a pastor. 
and then ask them to pray for you. Verse 4, it says, So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went to Seleucia, and there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. And they went through the island of Paphos. Now when Paul and his party had set sail from Paphos, they came to Pergia of Pamphylia. And John departed from them, returned to Jerusalem. But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch of Pisidia. So Paul and Barnabas are on this road trip. Well, actually, it's more than a road trip because they're covering the Mediterranean, too. They're covering a lot of ground sharing Jesus, and they're being led by the Holy Spirit. You know, I see three things here, guys, that we have today. One, they had the Holy Spirit, and we have the Holy Spirit. Two, they were motivated. They threw their energies into sharing the reality of Jesus and the work of Jesus in their own lives. We have that as well. And they had the Word of God. Remember that they didn't have the New Testament. It hadn't been written yet. But they had eyewitnesses and personal testimonies. But they did have the Old Testament. And in Antioch, Paul starts by preaching in the synagogues. Synagogues were Jewish houses of worship. And then he went and preached to the non-Jews or the Gentiles. And it says, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath and sat down. And after reading the law of the prophets and the rulers of the synagogue sent to them saying, men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. So that's what Paul did. And we aren't going to read the whole passage, but I do want to look at this message that he started preaching, starting in verse 16. It says, Then Paul stood up and motioning with his hand, he said, Men of Israel, and you who fear God, listen, the God of this people Israel chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. And with an uplifted arm, he brought them out of it. Now for a time, for about 40 years, he put up with their ways in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he distributed their land to them by allotment. And after that, he gave them judges for about 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And after that, they asked for a king. So God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king, to whom he also gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. Now, here is the real important part of this message. Verse 23, from this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a Savior, Jesus. And after John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was finishing his course, he said, Who do you think that I am? I am not he. But behold, there comes one after me whose sandals, whose feet I am not worthy to loose. Men and brethren, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to you the word of salvation has been sent for those who dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers because they did not know him nor even their voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause for death in him, they asked Pilate that he should be put to death. And when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. Verse 30, But God raised him from the dead, and he was seen for many days by those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are witnesses to the people, and we declare to you glad tidings, 
That promise which was made to the fathers, God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he raised up Jesus, as it is also written in the second Psalm. You are my son, today I have begotten you. And that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption. He has spoken this. I will give you the sure mercies of David. Therefore, he also says in another Psalm, You will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep and was buried with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up saw no corruption. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, everyone who believes is justified by all things from which you should not be justified by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest what has been spoken in the prophets come upon you. Behold, you despivers, marvel and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which you will by no means believe, though one were to declare it to you. This is the revolution. Look at this message, guys. It wasn't social reform. It wasn't political reform. It wasn't even cultural reform. It was about Jesus. He gave them first a history lesson, but then he centered on a revolution that was taking place, that Jesus came and died and rose again, that he is the Savior, that forgiveness of sin is found in the death and resurrection of Jesus, that through Jesus, justification can come to anyone who believes, not just the Jew, In fact, the Jew can stop trying to be justified by the law and good works, that he could be justified by faith in Jesus. What does that word justified mean? It means that those who put their faith in Jesus are declared righteous in his eyes and free from guilt and punishment. Justification before God isn't based on a legal or moral standard, but based on the grace and mercy of God through faith. In fact, later on, Paul wrote this in Ephesians 2, 8, 9. He said, it was by grace we are saved through faith. It's not of ourself. It's a gift from God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. This message is liberating and life-changing. And this was the message that changes men and women's lives. Paul's message was simple, and so should ours be. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. This message and the men and women's lives who over the last 20 centuries have been changed have brought revolution in so many ways to humanity. It has to be the torch we carry and pass on to other generations. Look, there will be opposition. There will be obstacles. There will be distractions. But this is the message. Let's keep reading in verse 42 because it says, So when the Jews uh, went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them next Sabbath. Now, the congregation had broken up, and many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came out together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, contradicting and blaspheming, and they opposed the things spoken by Paul. And Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it and judge yourself unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us. I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Now when the Gentiles heard it, they were glad and glorified the Lord, and many who had been appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord 
was being spread throughout all the region. But the Jews, stirred up by the devout and prominent women and the chief men of the city, raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from the region. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came to Iconium, and the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Paul and Barnabas just kept doing what the Holy Spirit had laid upon their hearts, sharing the message of salvation through Jesus. This is the revolution that we want to see continue today in our time. We have the same tools in our hands today. Guys, we have the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, who empowers us. We have the Word of God. We have the Old Testament and the New Testament. I hope and pray we have the motivation. We can change the world in our communities and our families. Think about someone you know right now who really needs Jesus. Will you pray for them? Will you tell them about the love of God? God will use you and me to change the world one person at a time. When we look back in the book of Acts, Paul went from person to person, from place to place, sharing the good news of Jesus. And so can we. We have to live in this world. We have to raise our kids and feed our families. But we also need to keep the main thing, the main thing. The world needs Jesus and we need a Jesus revolution. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the work you have done in our hearts, how you have given us salvation, how you have justified us, how you have made us righteous. And Lord, we want to follow you. We believe in you and we want to share our faith with others and we want to see others come to faith. We want to see this message continue through us, Lord. And we pray that you would empower us. We pray that you would enable us to be skilled at sharing the gospel, the good news, keeping it simple, but keeping it true. And Lord, we pray for those in our lives that you have put there that need to hear of your love. We pray that you would use us to impact them for your glory. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us on this week's podcast, you guys. I want to remind you that our live service times at Harvest are at 9 o'clock and 11. That would be in Harvest Orange County and Harvest Riverside. And uh, we also have a Tuesday night uh, men's group at both campuses that meet at 7 o'clock. You can go to harvest.church forward slash groups and find out more about that or just show up and we're glad we put you in a group. It's good for us to all be together, encouraging each other in the Lord. So God bless you. Until next time.